This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Thank you for listening to the Bayina Institute podcast. Please join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Bayina Institute or you can join our email list at http bayina.com and share these recordings with your family and friends. فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا ثم أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار يقول سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وكذلك يجتبيك ربك ويعلمك من تأويل الأحاديث ويتم نعمته عليك وعلى آل يعقوب كما أتمها على أبويك من قبل إبراهيم وإسحاق إن ربك عليم حكيم رب شحي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يبقه قولي اللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله واللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر أمين يا رب العالمين Today what I'd like to share with you are some important life lessons for myself and for you that stem from Surah Yusuf Surah Yusuf enjoys a unique place in the Quran because as many of you know it's the one place in the Quran where the entire surah, or almost the entire surah, is dedicated to one story in chronological order. And there are a lot of things to learn in this surah. 
And every bit of this surah is important. And so when our ulama discuss the fruits that stem from every one of these ayat, you can literally write a, you know, a few PhD theses on just the, the lessons and the, the counseling that comes out of this surah. But overwhelmingly, there's one aspect of this surah one should never forget. It's a surah that teaches you and me how to deal with sadness, how to deal with grief, how to deal with difficult situations in life. Allah Azza wa Jal describes essentially two characters in this surah that deal with a lot of sadness. On the one hand, there's the father, Yaqub alayhi salam, and on the other hand, there's the son, Yusuf alayhi salam, and they both suffer from a great deal of sadness throughout the narrative of the surah. A father who's excessively in love with his son. And that love is expressed in the few words in the beginning of the surah. You all know the story, so I won't walk you through the story. Just some lessons from the story, and particularly some aspects of how we should be thinking about Allah. Especially when it comes to times of sadness, how should we be thinking about Allah Azza wa Jal? That's what we're going to focus on today. You know, in the beginning when Yusuf alayhi salam came to his father and told him, Ya abati inni ra'aytu ahada ashara kawkaban, wa shamsa wal qamara ra'aytuhum lisajideen. When he came and told his father the dream, his father's first response was to worry. La taqsus ru'yaka ala ikhwatik. Don't tell this dream to your brothers. And actually we learned this is part of the, the character and the nature of Yaqub alayhi salam. He worries for his children. Many years later, his other sons who left Binyamin behind, and he's worried what has happened to him, and they're about to go back into the city of Egypt. Before they go, he's worried. He says, don't go in from one door. Go in from different doors. Don't go in from one door, go in from different doors. Because he's worried. Well, you know, if you come in from one door, these are economically tough times. As we all know, that was a famine at the time, right? So you have, you know, eight guys going, ten guys going, and they've all got camels with them. That means they're going to load them up when they come back, so they'll become an easy target. People will figure these, these people have a lot that they're going to collect from Egypt, so people are going to keep an eye out for guys like that, and they'll become a target on the journey back. So the smart thing to do is break it up and go from different doors. This is one of the benefits of him giving that good practical advice. Even though Allah says after that, even if he made all the plans, if Allah's plan is otherwise, he cannot, his planning cannot help against the plan of Allah. Which leads me to an important point. He told this little son, don't tell this dream to your brothers. They might plan against you. They might plan against you. And we learn in the story that even though he didn't tell his brothers, because he listened to his father, they still planned against him, didn't they? They planned against him anyway. What we're learning here is there's a, there are two plans going on. There's a human being's plan. A great human being, Yaqub alayhi salam, who has a wonderful relationship with Allah azza wa jal. There's his plan. And then there is Allah's plan. There are two plans. Of course, when you read the story, all you see is there's Yaqub alayhi salam who's worried, and there's the plan of his brothers, his sons, Yusuf's brothers. But actually, in reality, there's our hopes, our plans, and then there are Allah's plans. And sometimes our hopes our plans for the future and Allah's plans are the same. So you really want to get that job and Allah decides you will get that job. So Allah's plans and your plans are working together. But sometimes Allah decides that His plan is something else and your plan is something else. So you want to get that job or you want to move to that house and all the paperwork is going okay and all everything has been approved and last second they pull back and they say, no, we don't want to give you this house. 
Because your plans were going a certain way, but Allah had a different plan. You understand? And it is when this happens, when we have everything planned out, and we've got everything figured out, and things go another way, that is when sadness and grief, unexpected turns in life, when they hit us. That's the moment when a person goes into depression. The Qur'an's term is ya'us, extremely depressed. When something, some ni'mah is taken away, he becomes ya'us, he becomes extremely sad, overwhelmingly depressed. And the only thing left after that is the next attribute Allah gives, ya'usun kafur. He falls into disbelief. Why would Allah do this to me anyway? What's the point of believing in Him? So first comes sadness and then it leads to disbelief, subhanAllah. But let's stick to the story. There are two names of Allah Azzawajal that are mentioned in the surah after some gaps. In the beginning, when, Yusuf, when Yaqub heard the dream, he realized this is no ordinary dream. He's a very intelligent man. He figured out that this child is going to be a prophet. So he already started congratulating Yusuf as I was reading the ayah, Allah, Yusuf, Yaqub tells his son, that is how your master has chosen you. And he'll teach you all kinds of interpretation of speech. Keep that in mind. Allah will teach you to interpret all kinds of speech. And he's going to complete his favor upon you. He goes on and on in this one ayah talking about how Yusuf has a wonderful future. He's got an amazing future. But one part of that I want you to not forget. He said, you're going to have the ability to interpret speech. He, he said something very powerful there. We'll, we'll see why. Yaqub obviously has a lot of hope for Yusuf You and I, don't we have hopes for our children? We all have hopes for our children that they're going to do wonderful things in life. Our parents have hopes in us. Our parents place their hopes in us. Yaqub naturally as a father also puts his hopes in this child and he says, you're going to have a wonderful future, but I don't know how it's going to play out. So the end of the ayah is, إِنَّ Alimun Hakim. My master, Allah, is knowledgeable. I have hopes, but what's really going to happen, only Allah knows. Hakim. He possesses all the wisdom. And whatever he plans will be full of wisdom. Regardless, when these words you hear, Alimun Hakim, when you hear these words, then you know what they are here? They are words of hope. He hasn't experienced the future yet. He's talking about the future. And at the end of the ayah, he calls on two names of Allah. Allah is knowledgeable and Allah is wise. Yaqub trusts the knowledge of Allah and trusts the wisdom of Allah and has high hopes because he's already seeing the potential. You know when you see a plant come out of the ground a little bit, and if you're an experienced farmer, you can tell from the color of this plant, this will be a good plant. I can tell. This one's got potential. That's what Yaqub sees, a bright future. Let me take you further into the surah. These two names of Allah come up again. By the way, these two names of Allah come up three times in the surah. They come up three times. One in the beginning, Alimun Hakim. And when they come in the beginning, they are words of hope. As I mentioned. Then after some time Yusuf's taken away, he's been cast, you know, he's been he's been kidnapped and he's been taken as a in, into child slavery, he's sold off in Egypt, now he's living in another household. All of that has happened. 
And then eventually he's thrown into prison. And even after that he's come out of prison. And now there's a famine in the land. And his brothers have ended up right in front of him. وَهُمْ لَهُ مُنْكِرُونَ And they don't even recognize him. They don't even recognize him. And he keeps, and going fast forward in the story now, he keeps bin Yamin. He keeps his brother. And he lets the rest of them go. And they go back. And now the second time in this surah, the brothers have gone with one of their siblings and they've come back without him. It's not the first time, it's the second time. And they're thinking, how are we going to face dad? What are we going to tell dad this time? <laughs> so they go before father and they tell him. And he doesn't want to hear it. Because they say, if you don't believe us, because last time they lied pretty badly, if you don't believe us, just ask the caravan. There were other passengers too, they all saw it too. I know you don't trust us anymore. We don't have any credibility anymore. But it's like Yaqub doesn't even want to hear it from them. Sawalat lakum anfusukum amran. I don't need to, you guys, whatever you did, it, it was how, somehow it was made easy for you. You guys made it easy for yourselves, anfusukum. Yourselves made it easy for you to do whatever you did. No, no, no. Maybe Allah will bring all of them back to me, all together. Meaning Yusuf and Binyamin and the oldest brother. Because he stayed behind. He said, I'm not coming until father comes and gets me. So three, three sons are gone now. In the beginning, he was suffering from the grief of one son being lost. Now he gets even worse news. And that is three children are lost. And what does he say? Once again, Allah knows. Allah knows. And Allah, has, Allah is full of wisdom. And before he said that, he said, maybe Allah will bring all of them back. Maybe Allah will bring all of them back. And by the way, when he used to keep saying that Yusuf will come back, people started calling him crazy. And it wasn't just his sons that called him crazy. Later on in the surah, when we learned, when he said the phrase, I, I can tell, I can sense the wind of Yusuf. I can sense it. I can feel it. After he had gone blind, it wasn't his children that were taking care of him. Somebody else in the crowd said, you're still on that same old craziness. Old man, come on, get over it. Why are you still talking like this? Your son's gone. Forget him. It's been years now. Get over it already. But he understood something about these words. Allah knows everything and Allah is fully wise. He knew something about these words. He knew that through these words, you can also trust Allah. You know how you... When, when you, somebody has trouble and they have trouble expressing their problems to their wife or their husband or their father or their mother, you have a, commun- a communication problem, you say, they don't understand what I'm going through. They don't know what I'm going through. By saying that Allah is knowledgeable, you've already, and I've already acknowledged, Allah knows what I'm going through. Allah gets it. It's not alien to Allah what you and I are going through. And whatever I'm going through is part of a plan and that plan is, has no breaks, no problems in it. It is a plan full of wisdom. Allah will bring them back. This must be part of the wisdom of Allah. The second time we hear these words, these are words of trust. When the problem didn't get better, it got even worse. It got even worse. Now I want you to remember, the first time these words were said, who was listening? Yaqub salam was speaking and Yusuf salam was listening as a child. He was listening and at the end of that speech he heard two names of Allah, Ali ibn Hakim. Yusuf heard those names. I'm gonna fast forward to the end of the story. His brothers have come back. He is exposed now that he himself is Yusuf. He is Yusuf. The family has come back. The whole reunion has happened. He elevated both his parents on the throne. And he said to his dad, this is the interpretation of my dream. This is, how, this is what it meant. 
So this is the second time that same dream is being discussed. It was being discussed in the beginning, and now it's being discussed towards the end. Inna Rabbi latifulli ma yasha. My master is subtle in whatever he does. And guess what other names Yusuf mentions? When all his problems in the world are solved, now he's in the company of his family once again. It's an amazing family reunion. And he describes Allah with the words, Alimun Hakim. It is as though he didn't forget the lesson dad taught him when he was a child. Dad told him when, this, when he heard about this dream, he said, Something really wonderful is going to happen with you, and Allah knows, and Allah is full of wisdom. And after all of it, if you look back at his life, I was kidnapped as a child. I was hated by my brothers. Then I was kidnapped as a child. Then I was taken by a bunch of criminals that were on a caravan that wanted to sell me off. Then I got sold basically as a slave in a house, even though they kept me well. And eventually, I had to deal with this psychotic woman who got me imprisoned. And these, these politicians figured it's the right thing to do because it's too big of a scandal. All these politicians' wives were involved in the scandal, so they didn't want the bad media. So let's just keep him in prison, until a little bit of a time, until the scandal blows over. But you know, politicians, they forget the little people, they forgot. And he's there for years and years and years. And then he, he sees even a guy and he tell, interprets a dream for him. And he says, just when you go out, at least mention me. That guy forgets him too. He forgot about him too. And then eventually when he comes back, he didn't come back because he cared about Yusuf He's like, ah, Yusuf, ayyuhas siddiq. Help me out, buddy. I got a dream you need, need you to interpret. He wanted to use him at that time too. He's gone through a lot of problems in life. But when he looks back at his life, he says, no, no, no. Allah knew what I was going through all along. And all of this is part of Allah's wisdom. Subhanallah. But when he, he added something, he added a name of Allah to what his father had taught him. His father had taught him Alimun Hakim. In the beginning of the surah. He adds another phrase. He says, Inna Rabbi Latifulli Mayasha. My master, Allah, is subtle, unnoticed. When he does things, you don't even notice. You don't even realize Allah's plan is at work. The invisible hand of God, they say in English, huh? Allah is at work, Allah is planning, Allah is doing things for you and me all the time. And as he's doing them, we don't even realize it. There is one name of Allah in this surah that is not mentioned in any other surah. There's one name of Allah, one description of Allah in this surah in particular that Allah does not mention anywhere else. Wallahu ghalibun ala amrihi. As a noun, as an ism. He doesn't mention it anywhere else. He says Allah was dominant over his matter. Let me tell you where this happens. It's incredible. This boy has just been taken away. I'm a father of six children. And I live in Texas. And Texas in the south is notorious for like kidnappings and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's on the news, like horrific news all the time with children. I'm driving the other night to Isha and I see a big amber alert. Kidnap child, look for a red Corolla. And what happens to a parent? First they get angry. What kind of animal would do this? And then you're looking at the highway. Where can I find a red Corolla? You know, you can't even help yourself. How, why would anybody do that to a child? It makes you angry. And it makes you, it, 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 you can't even imagine that happening in your own family. May Allah protect all of our families. But when, you know, when you hear even news like that, it's so disturbing. It's so disturbing. And now imagine, this boy has been kidnapped. Then he's taken, and you don't know what happened to him. And then eventually, now he's inside the house of this minister. And Allah says, وَكَذَلِكَ 
Pay attention to the language here. Allah says that He settled, He set, set him down, He made him stationed, He gave him stability, He gave stability for Yusuf. For the sake of Yusuf. In Arabic you say, Makkanna Yusuf. La nakhtajil al-lam. We don't use the lam. We say, Makkanna Yusuf. We settled Yusuf down. Kama yaqul, Makkannakum fil ardi. He set you down in the land. He says, Makkanna li Yusufa. We settled him down for his sake. Meaning all of this happened not against Yusuf. Allah says it happened for Yusuf. Now think about that. No human being would look at what happened to Yusuf and say this is happening for the child. Every one of us would say this is happening against the child. And Allah says, لَطِيفٌ لِمَا يَشَاءٌ He says this is happening for Yusuf. And then he even explains why it's happening for Yusuf. He says, لِنُعَلِّمَهُ مِن تَأْوِيلِ الْحَدِيثِ So we can teach him the interpretation of speech. Now please listen. I said Allah says, this all happened for the sake of Yusuf. Why did it happen for the sake of Yusuf? So Allah could teach him the interpretation of all kinds of speech. Where did we hear those words before? In the beginning of the surah, when Yaqub heard the dream and said, You child are special. Allah will teach you the interpretation of speech. Allah will teach you the interpretation of speech. Now which school will he learn this from? Which university is going to go to learn the interpretation of speech? The institution from which he will learn is up to Allah. And Allah decided he will learn in Egypt. Allah decided he will... I don't know how he'll transfer to that university. We don't know, that's Allah's plan. But he will transfer to that university. And he will go there. And he will live in that house. And Allah will give him a nice dormitory too. Because when the master brought him in, normally slaves are not treated with respect. But he walks in and he tells his wife, Akrimi mathwahu, Honor his place of stay. Give him a decent room. Give him a respectable space to live. Mathwa also means a permanent long-term place. Meaning don't put him in this bed over here one day, then put him in the garage over there, then put him out in the shed. No, give him a permanent room and make sure it's a respectable space. Who does that for a slave? That's part of Allah's plan. That's part of Allah's plan. So He set him up. But we still don't understand how is he going to learn the interpretation of speech. Allah says He put, them, put him in Egypt, fil ardi, in that land, so he could learn. Why? He's in the house of a minister, isn't he? What kinds of friends come to visit the minister? Other ministers. And what kinds of things do they discuss? Policy matters, economic issues, big things. And this boy who's cleaning the windows and mopping the floor is listening to this high-level talk all the time. He's listening to this high-level stuff and he's becoming really smart early on. Allah has made sure he has access to information. No, even adults have access to this child had access to it. This is part of Allah's plan. This is part of Allah's plan. So he says all of this. Allah Azza wa Jalla teaches all of this, and then says, "Wallahu ghalibun ala amrihi." You for don't for a second think Allah left him. Why would Allah leave this child inside the well? Why would Allah let his brothers do that? Why would Allah let him get kidnapped? Why would Allah take him away from his loving father? Allah says, don't you forever for even a second think he left him. Allah was dominant, ghalib over him in control completely over every one of the things that he did. Every one of the things that he did was critical. Actually, him going to jail was also really important. Because if he never went to jail, he would have never come out as a minister. And if he didn't come out as a minister, people would have starved to death. He saved hundreds of thousands of lives by going to jail for several years. 
That's part of Allah's plan. If one thing doesn't happen, the next thing doesn't happen. If the next thing doesn't happen, the next thing doesn't happen. All of it is full of wisdom. All of it. Even the brothers that committed their crime against him, they didn't even know that they were part of Allah's plan. They didn't know. This is Yusuf story. It teaches us something. So now we've got four names of Allah as I wrap up this khutbah. We've got four names of Allah. On the one hand, Allah is dominant. I'll give you an easy example of ghalib that you can understand. Those of you that work in offices, some of you have really annoying bosses. They're always watching over you. They're just standing behind your chair. So what are you doing? And you constantly have to hit Alt-Tab to get off the YouTube video and actually pretend to work because they're standing right behind you. This kind of overbearing boss is ghalib. He's over, constantly watching over you. But that boss, if he's watching over you with some kind of spy software, and he's, got, he's in control, but he doesn't let you feel like he's control, he's in control, then he, that means he's latif. He's subtle. He doesn't let you sense that he's there. Allah Azza wa Jal in the beginning of the surah is ghalib. By the end of the surah, Yusuf realizes Allah was ghalib all along, but he was so latif. He was so subtle. He was so, Allah is so, has been so subtle in everything he did with me. Everything was part of a plan. But you know what? These two names of Allah, Allah being dominant, and Allah being subtle, these two names of Allah. Many people know Allah is powerful, Allah has control. But when they know of these two names, they actually start complaining. Yes, I know Allah controls everything. Why did He have to do this to me? Why did I have to go through these problems? Allah, if Allah controls everything, why can't He make me healthy again? Why did my family member have to die? Why did this have to happen? Why did that have to happen? What have I ever done to deserve this? Understand this, an innocent child, a child ready for prophethood, السلام, Yusuf السلام, if Allah can put him through difficulty, we cannot ask, what did I do to deserve this? It's part of Allah's plan. You can't ask, it's Allah is being so unfair to me. You can't say that. You know? We know in every other case, they say power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. We say that in every other case, not in the case of Allah. In the case of Allah, Allah is ghalib, He's latif. But at the same time, what balances Allah's power in this surah is Allah is alim, hakim. Allah knows and Allah is wise. In the beginning of the surah, before problems even hit, we turn to Allah and call Him knowledgeable and wise because we have hopes that He has great plans for us. When trouble hits, we call Allah knowledgeable and wise because we say no matter what is happening, it's part of Allah's knowledge and a part of Allah's wisdom, we trust Him. And when our problems are resolved, we look back and we say it helped us in our iman and it benefited us in some way. And even if we don't understand it, we know Allah had some benefit in this for me. Allah had something for me in this. I know a young brother, I'll end with this, I know a young brother who was diagnosed terminally with cancer. 17 years of age, very far from deen. 17 years of age, doctors told him he got 6 months. And he started thinking about his life. And he decided whatever few minutes, few days I have left, I'm just gonna give them to Allah. I'm gonna try to remind other people about Allah. Especially young people who think they have their whole life in front of them, and feel like they can party as much as possible. I'll remind them, I will be a reminder for them to come closer to Allah. So he started a Facebook page. And he started making these short little videos. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of followers. And he goes back six months later to the doctor, and the doctor says, actually you're fine now. Cancer's in remission. <laughs> Allah wanted good work out of him, huh? 
Allah wanted something to, to be taken out of him. If he didn't hear that bad news, he wouldn't have done, he wouldn't have the energy, he wouldn't have the enthusiasm, he wouldn't have the spirit to serve the deen, to help so many other people the way in which he did. Part of Allah's plan. Even that kind of terrible news can be part of Allah's plan. This is not, these aren't just stories of people that died a long time ago. These stories are alive in our lives. We learn about Allah Azzawajal in these stories. We learn how to think about Allah in these stories. May Allah Azzawajal give us all the ability to cope with our problems in a healthy way. And make us learn from the tremendous lessons that He has revealed upon us. Incidentally, these are the, these are the lessons that Allah taught Rasulullah Wasallam in what is called Am al-Huzn, the year of grief. His beloved wife has passed away. His uncle who supported him all this time has passed away. All these problems are compiled on top of him one after another. It's a very, very tough life in the Prophet's seerah And then Allah says, you think you got problems? Let me tell you about this boy. And he reveals to him Surah Yusuf. So he can remain on task. So he can understand, he can, he can cope. So if the messenger is being given counsel, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, through the story of Yusuf, we can definitely get counsel from this remarkable surah. Barakallahu li walakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim, wa nafa'li wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikri al-Hakim. Move up as much as possible. Move up. A lot, there's a lot of people standing in the back. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa, wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladhin as-safa. خصوصا على أفضلهم وخاتم النبيين محمد الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين يقول الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا